Welcome to the Barbells and Briefcase podcast, the official business and fitness podcast where we are here to help you with your resources and goals. Today, I am your host and I'm joined by Mr. Nick Saka. What is going on? And my boy, John Miller. Yo, yo. And today's guest is a really good friend of mine, known him for a long time, but now I've been seeing his business uh, boom. He is a former athlete turned entrepreneur and is now the owner and founder of Rolling Sevens, your one-stop shop production company. JD, welcome. Wow, it's high praise. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Sorry, not, I don't do well with flattery. Like <laughs> We aim to please. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming down. It was uh it's awesome to have you guys here. Oh man, uh, we're we're happy to be here, man. This is uh the most like legitness, legitist, <laughs> legitimatist uh, studio that we've been in. So yeah, so this will without a doubt be the nicest sounding podcast <laughs> we've ever done. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> it, it's the mics, man. The mics are the best. It's great promotion. <laughs> yeah. great promotion. It, it's way better than Nick's uh, staff room or break room. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. This place is this place is awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you guys would have been here. About six to nine months ago, it looked very different. This was a storage facility that was, like, even the rafters were filled with stuff. Was, you couldn't even walk around in here. Oh, yeah, just, we're going to get to that. Okay, we're yeah, sorry. You know. that's, that's definitely <laughs> a part of it. But, yeah, man, why don't you just open it up and tell us about yourself. Tell us your story. Um, well, um, I was a former athlete. Um, I, I took football extremely seriously. Um, but I played football, basketball, baseball in high school. Um, and then I played football in college, the JUCO level, and then um, – at, uh, I played Division Two. After that, and then kind of when um, what position? I played quarterback. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then when uh, sports kind of didn't go, you know, exactly the way that I hoped it would. I thought I was going to play professionally, and I thought that that was like kind of like a foregone conclusion. And when uh, you know a couple injuries happen, and then you get a little bit older, and then you kind of need a new thing to t- channel all of that, you know, that time, work, and energy, and it became this. Okay. So that was uh, yeah, that was kind of like the the beginning of rolling sevens before i knew what it was going to be yeah, th- yeah. Did, did it start as like a little hobby or a passion um yeah i would say so like just a little videography here and there yeah like i mean like kind of egotistically i kind of always thought that playing sport like i wanted to always transition to like movies film you know whether it be comedy or you know whatever i just kind of thought that football was going to be the platform to that and then so I kind of always wanted to do something in this realm. I just I thought that was going to be the re- how I got there. Basically, yeah. it went a little differently, but we're we're on the way now. Yeah. <laughs> so what did it start out as? Is like uh, bought a microphone or bought a? Um, like first it was just uh, making stupid videos to my friends on on an iPhone, and then um, then I did like the number one thing you're not supposed to do with your student loan money. <laughs> I started buying like camera, like real cameras, and then we started like actually, you know, writing scripts and filming skits. And then I kind of knew that um, I wanted to do movies, right? So it's like I feel like a lot of people like a filmmaker. Yeah, I want to be a film, a real filmmaker. Like uh-huh. I, I still call myself that right now, but I haven't made a, a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, so the idea was really to. Uh, how do I say this the right way? <laughs> is to like find a practical way to get there. I feel like a lot of people like would kind of just write or sit in their room for ten years and work at like a normal job and that kind of thing. And I thought this, you know, making a production company where you're constantly producing things was like a practical route to get there. And if you don't get there, you still build up a dope business, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the the idea behind the beginning of Rolling Sevens. Okay. And what's the what's well? I kind of want to go back into the into the 
the, the football conversation. Oh yeah, no, dude. Let's you know. So nothing's off limits here. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Yeah. So you're you're according to your story, you know that Randy gave us. You were like you guys could would have made state or something like that. Yeah. And so this this is he 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 really didn't elaborate on how good he was at quarterback. <laughs> this dude was one of the top quarterbacks in the state at the time and was really doing something his junior year. He was our starting quarterback. He uh, played a little both ways. He also played linebacker too, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I uh, I ended up I got moved up to varsity as a sophomore. And at our school, they don't let sophomores play varsity. So that was like a really big deal. So that's kind of when I got the inkling that, you know, I might be pretty good at this. And then that's kind of when like the dream of, you know, playing in college and pay, playing in the pros kind of like was like, you know, if you can do it at this age and continue to do it, maybe that's something that could happen. And um, yeah, I, I thought I was okay. Pretty, I was probably, I thought I was a lot better than I Really was probably. No, you were good. Man. <laughs> you, did, you were cocky, yeah. Yeah, but, I was. But very, I think you transferred it through. Yeah, I was very arrogant, and um, you know, but like most stories, you, people that are really arrogant get humbled sometimes. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like the pivotal part of my story is that I got in a lot of trouble my junior year. Um, it wasn't anything malicious. We were kind of just had too much fun over the summer, and long story short. We can go into it as much as you guys want to, but yeah, so um, so we're kind of we're gearing up to go to the state championship. We're going to the state semis um, in Reno, um, and we that, had just blown out Cheyenne, yeah, thirty five or thirty eight to zero. We lost two games that season. We lost to Shadow Ridge and we lost to Cheyenne, and then we played both those teams the first two rounds of the playoffs, and we shut out both of them. Oh, we wow. won sixteen zero, then we won thirty nine zero, and then. Um, and then we had, we had gotten named to, like, me and, like, the, some of the people that I got in trouble with. Um, we got named to All Southern Nevada, and we were, you know, kind of on that trajectory that we talked about earlier. And uh, the day before we left to go travel, the day before Thanksgiving, coincidentally, um, we got pulled out of class, and we all got arrested for stuff that we did during the summer. Like, how much... <sighs> What's that like? Okay, so two seasons before, like no, it was the, it was before the season. So like we were all you know we were all really tight at Palo Verde. Um, we all like we did everything together. You know whether it was good or bad. Like we 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 practiced together. We did school together. We partied together. We did dumb stuff together too. And yeah, so we we took playing with fireworks a little too far, we'll say. And uh, we ended up getting some arson charges. And uh, I got hit with conspiracy, actually, too, and creating an incendiary device. So that's kind of... Were they Piccolo Peaks? You know? yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, basically that. I mean, we, we kind of took the idea of, um, you know, we were just lighting fireworks off, like, all summer, basically. We just had, we bought way too many illegal ones, and then we, we took it way too far. And then, uh, yeah, then we started making our own out of the materials that we had, and that's uh, illegal as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, we were just kind of having fun and messing around, but uh, you know, it it ended up being a much bigger thing and a much bigger story. It was in the newspaper, like we were on the front page of the paper every day for like a week because it was so high profile with you know sports playoffs. And um, without throwing it in the other shade, my my family kind of had a thing a few years earlier. It was like uh, my my godfather was arrested on a political corruption thing. He allegedly bribes and politicians and so they kind of use that narrative to affect it to me so every time they brought me up they brought my godfather up they brought my dad up they brought whatever so it was all connected fucking media man. yeah so i got a taste of that you know i found out who my real friends were really quickly a lot of people 
you know, could be in their 40s, they find out that people really don't mess with them. I learned at 16, 17, who's really with you and who's not. And So what'd you do with the fireworks, though? Like, okay, so, like, <laughs> well... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I still think it's I mean, like, we, we, I mean, yeah, we were... Waiting for the punchline. Yeah, we were, like, yeah. we went crazy in Summerlin, dude. We just we were just lighting fireworks off at parks. We were using stuff with gasoline. We made Molotov cocktails, like... Just a pyro. Yeah, we were we, like, and that was the thing. Like, it was like real life GTA. <laughs> yeah, it was like it's like you put yourself on Invincible for five minutes, yeah. and you just ran around Summerlin. That was basically what happened. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we ended up um, we we never got like caught or anything like that. And what ended up getting us was that one of our friends had a, like a thirty five cent gasoline charge on a credit card. And then they got the one person, and the one person told on everybody else. Oh wow! They they six nine you. Yeah, we got Takashi. to I, we got Takashi. Takashi <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So his his dad happened to be a doctor for the FBI, and so they, he oh, kind of had like a little bit of inside information that none of us really had. So I mean, I remember it was really weird because I remember he called me um, after we beat Western in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was like the first round. And it was like, you know, about as high emotionally as you could possibly be. Like, we just won this huge playoff game. We're so psyched. You know, we're getting ready to do all these things. And he calls me and says that there's some new evidence. And there's like, you know, I was hearing all these kind of things through his like back channels or whatever. It's really so like, you knew this before it happened then? I you thought he was, was I thought he was full of shit, really. And I thought that he was just kind of, but looking back on it, he was just trying to save face. Right. You know, he was trying to make it seem like it wasn't him. Right. But it was. Right. And, uh, but like... No disrespect to him. I take full responsibility for my own actions. Like, I mean, you don't get 17 felonies because you're being a good guy, you know? So, like, I was getting recruited by, like, some pretty big colleges at that point. Like, I've, I burned them all because I was so mad at that point. <laughs> That's probably the bad terminology. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, burn exactly. I burned them all. Just burn it all. But, like, I had letters from, like, you know, I was getting recruited by Ohio State and LSU and, you know, a lot of really big schools. Um, like, Hawaii was another one, Utah. I mean, like... I, like none of them ended up translating to offers besides Texas A and M. That was the only offer I ended up getting, but um, even that fell apart because after I they had a guy decommit late, and then they offered me, and then I committed, and the coach got fired, and I never signed, so I had to go to JUCO after that. So that was my only, you know, Texas A and M wasn't as good as they are now either, mind you. This was they were kind of like a mid level program at that point, but uh, yeah, that was going to be my only D one opportunity, and I obviously was going, and then. Uh, yeah, so now that was your junior year. So, what did you have? Like, what was your mindset going into your senior year? Because you obviously were still oh, hungry and well, you wanted to chase it. And well, even beyond that, senior year was crazy because we were on probation and house arrest the entire time. So, like, and you know, kind of how we used to talk about people using things for motivation. Like, you know, we got dragged through the mud. Like, we we got stripped of all of our postseason accolades recognition. Like, we got taken out of, like, the Palo Verde program. We got kicked out of school. We got taken out of all Southern Conference. We got taken out of all – like, we got dropped from everything that we had accomplished. I mean, Rashawn was the all-time leading rusher going into senior year. He, he had, like, 26 touchdowns and, like, 1,800 yards going eating. into the year. And they took him off of everything. And I'm like, he was, like, by far one of the best players in the state at that time. Wow. So going into senior year, we were extremely motivated. And they split us up. They would not, they would not let us all go to the same school. They made us go to like, – two of us could go here, two of us could go there. But we could not – our whole goal was, we're, all right, fine. We'll just take this group of six. We're all starters. We'll take this group it of – It was all the starters. Yeah. These were key players. Our starting running back, starting receiver, slash tight end, starting quarterback. Like very important pieces. And some of them even played both ways. Yeah. And I think three of us were all Southern Nevada at that point too. Like they were first all or second balling. team. 
And so they took us all off. And at that time, we're like, fuck it. We'll just, we'll all go to Centennial then. And we'll just do it over there. And that was kind of the mindset. And then the the state shut that down real quick. They're like, no, (laughs) you guys are a menace to society, basically. There's no way we're going to let you guys all go to the same school. So me and Patterson went to Western. Other guys went to Cimarron Centennial. And uh, we were extremely motivated. And then we did so much, like, community service stuff and, like, different, like, we were trying to, like, not even necessarily, like, affect our image or anything. But we were trying to be better people. You know, like we knew that we were like. I mean, what you do though? I mean, like, I still feel like it's fucking lame. You know, like, 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 what did you? They definitely we were took blowing it, shit up. Yeah, yeah. We, we all blew shit up. We they definitely took it way too far. the The initial reason that we got like really in trouble in trouble is because one of the times that we did stuff was at Faith Lutheran. So we did it at a Christian school. So initially, they were investigating it as a hate crime. Oh. Uh. So like, when you have the ATF, the FBI, <laughs> and Metro looking for these domestic terrorists basically <laughs> and then they find out it's a bunch of high school kids who just played with fireworks too much it, it kind of they have to do something it's not like they could just let us go at that point i see, yeah, I see. one of the crazy story craziest things about that whole thing is that they actually had a stakeout waiting for us because we did it like you know a couple nights in a row we were just kind of going crazy from like midnight to 2 a.m just kind of messing around and they had a swat team on the street that we were doing it at and apparently they left about 12 minutes before we showed up. And they had, like, guns drawn and everything. Like, we might have gotten, like, popped. <laughs> and, like, we didn't know that till after we got, like, arrested and we got all of, like, you know, during discovery in a legal case, they give you all of the information, all the evidence they have against you. And they're like, yep, SWAT team left at 212. They arrived at 226. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so life could have been over at that point right there. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Want to keep going football yeah. route? <laughs> what was, so what was the biggest thing? I mean, there's still way more, but I, I don't know how much you guys want to unpack or not. It's just. Do you think that that's the sole reason why you didn't, you know, you couldn't take that further? You think that, like, was like a. That was a huge, huge reason why I didn't get it initially. That's why, like, the, like I got a call. I was going to commit to a Division two school, West Virginia State. And then. Um, it ended up being one of the very few offers I had. I only talked to D1AA's and D2's d3s at that point and um the the head coach called me i had never talked to the head coach i only talked to like the recruiting coordinator the quarterbacks coach some other guy the head coach called me and he's like are you in trouble or something and i was like i was like uh i was like well i'm on probation and i actually get off in like two or three weeks but like you know what's bringing this on and he just said that there's no way that i should be recruiting you he said there's got to be something wrong like you know whether it's a character defect or it's something he's like there's no reason that i should even be talking to you and I was like, well, yeah, coach, I, you know, I actually am on probation. I actually get off in a few weeks. But I told him at that point that I was committed and I would sign on signing day. And uh, we hung up the phone and then I never heard from them again. And at that point, I was just like, I'm going to junior college. And then the, do you know how I picked what school I was going to? Yeah. I said, who won the Natty last year? <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah, City College, San Francisco. I said, that's where I'm going. I didn't even take a visit, nothing. I just I signed up for school that day and that's where I went. I was like, I'm just going to go to whoever won the national championship. I didn't care. I just thought I was that good. Well, you were. You definitely were. Well, and then, weirdly enough, I started, I was a starter as a true freshman there. And then uh, I had the biggest reason I don't think I went on is because I had a really, really bad injury. Okay. And uh, I had, like, it was kind of the culmination of a lot of bad things. I was doing, you know, I was probably seeing the girl that I shouldn't have been seeing. I was drinking. I was you know, doing extracurriculars I shouldn't know. I didn't take the game as seriously as I should have. I wasn't taking school very seriously. 
And then I got smoked by the number one DN in the nation and ripped my shoulder completely out. And mm. I had, you know, it's, uh, it's the same surgery that uh, um, Cam had last year. You know how he looks now. <laughs> oh, Cam Newton. Cam, oh. So you see what his accuracy looks like right now. I mean, I could throw harder. I could throw further when I came back from rehab. But um, I, I always sensed that my accuracy was not quite the same. Mm. But, yeah, I, then, then I worked a square job for like three years at like Caesars Palace and Hard Rock. And then uh, I got an offer to take a really high-paying job inside at Caesars. And I kind of just saw my whole life flash before my eyes. I'm like, you know, I was going to pay like 85, 90 grand. And, you know, that's really good money. And then I, I just decided I was going to go back and try and play one more time. I went to Dixie State University for two years and I played there. And that didn't go well either. <laughs> and that was like... And that was, that was the real moment to where it's like, okay, well, football's done. And that's when I discovered this new passion that I have now. And like all I said, all that time and energy is now it's channeled into this now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a smooth segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's the, the football background for sure. <laughs> so what was, how did you transfer, you know, your athlete? Cause I know, I know how hard you were working on the field. I, when I was uh, playing with you, how did you transfer what you learned through that entire journey that you just explained and transferred it into rolling sevens? Well, I think, I mean, you could attest to this. I think Coach Ross was a huge influence on me. Mm-hmm. And, like, being at Palo, really, like, we didn't learn a lot about X's and O's. You know what I mean? We didn't learn about, like, how to be good at football schematically. But we learned how to, like, work hard. And we learned how to win. And we learned how to, like, take responsibility for things. And I th- think those are the real things from sports that I really take from that, is the, the, the discipline that it takes to be good at anything. It's, it's, it's a craft. It really is. And, like, especially with filmmaking, there's no – there's no rubric for how to do it great. Right. You know, there's, it's, it's really just a lot of trial and error and stylistic choices and things that work for you. So it's like you take those little tidbits. If I could get one little thing from here, 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 I try and channel that into what I'm doing now. That's awesome. That yeah. applies to so many different things in life too. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm like all those little cues and little things that you're talking about, I was like, I translate those to like lifting and things like that as well. Absolutely. Like I'm sure you watch a ton of like, um, I don't know if they call them like tutorials for like, you know, workout stuff, oh, yeah, but like, yeah. you know, different workout videos, those kind of things. Like I used to do the same thing in football. It's like if I watch Colt McCoy's tape, if I get one thing from his footwork, right. I get one thing from like Colt Brennan's vision, if yeah. I get, you know, and appropriate that to your game, yeah. it just makes you that much better. But at the same time, like what works for Colt McCoy may not work exactly for you because everybody's bodies are so different. So you got to finding <laughs> what works for exactly. you versus and using the the little things that you can take from other people. It's I mean, shit, we're doing that right now in this podcast room. We're <laughs> looking at all your equipment and looking at your setup and the way you guys have this this studio, and we're seeing how we can translate that with, with our podcast and things like that as well. So, well, And it goes both ways, man. I've been spying on you guys, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was about to say, too, is just like this is a one-stop shop. So that's something you're doing different, too. You're, you're kind of learning about all the areas that – that you're interested in right now. Yeah, I mean, the initial goal was not anything like this, honestly. The initial goal was to just, you know, try and write skits, write short films, write, you know, eventually, hopefully someone gives us a chance to make a movie or something like that. That was the initial goal, but um, as we kind of got going, like, you know, it's like, okay, I learned how to green screen, then, then I learned a little bit about how audio works, and I learned a little bit about photography, and then I'm like, I was thinking about, like, there's a lot of companies, especially in town, that do, like, one of the things we do. Like, if you want to go do a podcast somewhere, if you want to go get a photo shoot for your engagement photos, if you want to, you know, there's a lot of companies that do one or two or three of these. Nobody does all these things. Yeah. Nobody does 
can produce, you know, a rap album <laughs> and do a podcast. And so that's that was the goal. I'm like, the companies like mine are really only in LA and New York. That's it. Yeah. I did a lot of like market research trying to figure out what the hell we were going to do with this. And yeah, it seemed like there's very, it's much more niche out here. And I was yeah. like, let's, let's get wide. Let's get as many people as we can in here and let's, let's work our ass off. Yeah. I love your quality too, man. I mean, just watching, watching all your stuff on Instagram. I barely followed you like, what, two months ago? Maybe two months ago. As I found out that Randy came here and he was just excited. He's like, dude, Ralph, let me tell you something. <laughs> it's like, he was like running from, from outside the house and he came inside the house like, Ralph, you never believe this. You know? <laughs> well, I, I really appreciated him coming here, man. It's like, uh, it, it's, he, it, I told him on the show when he was a guest on my podcast, I was like, he's one of the few people that saw this at its absolute worst. Mm. Like to see what this place has become now is great, and hopefully this is just a home office here this time next year. Hopefully, um, and yeah. get an actual building that'd be good. Yeah, but your quality, you know, from the videos, I mean, it's literally no different than the top podcasts like Joe Rogan and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. It's a lot of uh, a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of things that have looked pretty shitty <laughs> to, yeah. to get us to the point that we're at now, and I still think they were really just kind of scratching the surface of that. Yeah. We're about 43 episodes in. This is episode 43, and your episode 7 looks better than our... <laughs> than our <laughs> so. 4 plus 3. Yeah. Rolling 7s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you perfect, know. actually. So, yeah, why don't you tell us? Tell us how, how it was it, because I did see when this was just a garage. We were out here playing, you know, we were out here dunking on your driveway out here when we were in <laughs> yeah. high school, and now, like, I saw when it was a garage, and it was like a storage, and now, like, you step in, you when you leave, you kind of forget you're in a garage, or what was used to be a garage well and, and that was kind of the goal or like you know what if we're gonna do this we i want every person that comes in here to be like wow you know that's that was the goal and i think that we've accomplished that um check check <laughs> yeah it's uh man it it took a lot of a lot of time and a lot of money like we did a, we did some crazy fundraising stuff man like we were one of those people that like lived on offer up and like did garage sales and bought stuff at garage sales to flip them and you know, buy a TV to sell it to somebody else to make an extra 30, 40 bucks. Like, dude, we really like, we did whatever it takes to make a buck. And then we ended up getting some funding and we were able to completely renovate this thing. And the, the fear was when we first started that we were going to have too much overhead. And that, you know, when the business is just getting started, that like, you know, there might be a month, like, especially when you're in like a creative space, it's like, you know, you might not be able to make a $2,000 payment every month. And it's like, if I could turn this into that, and buy myself a year, basically. I think that that was like the best way for us to be able to build moving forward. Yeah, I love that, man. Instead of you know, instead of a lack of resources, you were resourceful. Like you were selling shit, you know, flipping, <laughs> flipping stuff. Yeah, I mean, dude, we were. Oh God, so we many did. people have excuses as far as like, oh, I just don't have the money. Therefore, that dream or that idea I told you about two and a half years ago, it's dead. Yeah, I, I can't afford it, so now I'm gonna go work at the mall or. Yeah. It's it's. I'm really big in not having excuses and not having complaints and taking, you know, just like we were talking about earlier with like my troubles of my youth, man. It's like, I take full responsibility for that. It's like, I want to take full responsibility for everything that I do, especially stuff that I care about. So I'm never going to blame anyone for why I failed ever. That's just not in my mind or my DNA, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, man. I think what, like, what, what was that, the biggest thing you learned from that? Is that what it was like that you learned from that situation that uh, to like, take responsibility my youth? for your actions? Yeah. The biggest the biggest takeaway from that whole thing, like I I feel like I learned a lot, man. I feel like 
I was 16 going on five and then I was like 17 going on 30, you know, like it was like, I grew up right then and there's no, there's no two ways about it. So it's like, I learned a lot of things, what not to do. And then I also learned kind of how people are and kind of like a, I got like a weird insight into how people treat you. If you're ever like some, like I wasn't even a big deal. Keep that in mind. Like might've been like a big deal for like the high school football scene out here, but like in the scope of like Vegas or the world or whatever, it was nothing. And you saw how people can flip on you and you saw how people can look at you differently based on the perception of who you are. Right. So I really just, you know, I, tre- I don't want to say I tread lighter cause I still like go all in when I like care about things and care about people. But, um, it kind of teaches you to really look beyond the surface of things and look to like look to the depth of any situation, really. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so one other, what's one other thing I wanted you to tell us about was your podcast. Your podcast is really cool. I was honored to be <laughs> a guest. Yeah, on it. the second one, right? I was the no third. third. You're on the, the you're the third one. I was the third. And your first one, your first inter- interview was an amazing interview. Oh, Stormy. Yes. Yeah, I'm I. I don't know if you guys know, my sister is the new uh, rinkside reporter uh, for the Golden Knights. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so she, like, anytime you guys are watching them on TV, she'll be, she'll be on TV for every single home and away game, playoffs, everything. So I think that was really cool to have her be the, the guest on the pilot. Um, and it was weird because we filmed that. Uh, that was the day after she interviewed for the job. So we didn't know if she got it or not. And we knew she was in the final three, mm-hmm. whether she was going to get it or not. So we were all hopeful, but uh, that's why we didn't really talk about anything Golden Knights related. She kind of slipped up near the end where she started talking about March Assault's contract. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're a college football reporter. What do you know about March Assault's contract for? <laughs> you know, so she had a little slip up. But um, yeah, it, the podcast thing is like, I'm sure you guys can attest to this too. It's like, it's such a great resource. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, I completely undervalued them for like a long time. I thought it was like a thing that nerds did in their basements. And like, I never really thought it was like a... A real thing and then something happened about six seven months ago i'm just addicted to them i have people netflix binge watch stuff i'd like binge listen to these yeah now so i completely undervalued it as a resource and i love them as a so i'm like i gotta do one just to just to get cool people in the room yeah yeah it's a lot a lot of good uh, relationships can be built from from a podcast absolutely mm-hmm. and the uh, and it's like just on a like we're talking about practical like you get you can get full videos you can get video clips you can get an audio version you can even like take quotes out and put them on pictures like there's so many different things that you can extract from one episode of these things yeah, yeah. yeah. the content you can create from a podcast is there's so many ways different ways and avenues you can go yeah like we haven't even tapped into fully full yeah uh, chopping and screwing you know just dissecting your podcast and extracting all those different pieces of content cuz like a lot of times when you see like these you know all these Gary V's or Grant Cardone's, you don't see, you know, they'll take one piece of content that was absolute fire and that one piece goes viral mm-hmm. versus that whole episode. I mean, it was maybe 50 minutes of content, but they only, one piece of it blew they, up. They drop 15 seconds of real knowledge on you and yeah. then that goes, you know, gets recycled and reshared and yeah. goes everywhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, like they said, on average, like if you have a one hour show, you can get between about 25 and 40 pieces of content from one podcast. Yeah, easily. Easily. And it's like, you know, even I feel like I'm doing it at a pretty, like, you know, I'm really, like, doing it, doing it, and I'm still only getting about 15 of them. I know I need to be doing better. Yeah. 
It takes a team. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. And you do have a team. That's what's been cool watching you too, knowing knowing like Chris and, and, and Sacha that are your team and that are helping you. Yeah, and and I I'm real particular about who like I work with and like who I'm gonna be spending time with. I'm so grateful to have them. Like it's you know, it was a real tough sell to tell my parents that, you know, I want to be an NFL quarterback, and if that doesn't work, I'll just be a famous Hollywood director. <laughs> you know, so, like, that's a tough sell. So for these guys to be on board with me, it was, like, and kind of see how passionate I was about it and to, you know, come, not not be along for the ride, but be a huge part of the ride, is it's been huge. I can't thank them enough, for real. Like, And they all have very specific jobs that are really catered to their skill set. Like, Chris is head of business ops and podcasting. And then Sasha's head of the music department, audio department, and then Dan's head of creative. And then I kind of just, you know, push them in whatever direction we want to go. And I'm, I'm a, I got, you know, a foot in each door, but they're doing their thing, you know. So it's great to have a team like that, honestly. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, before the podcast, you were also telling me you had some some big stuff in the works and you didn't get to elaborate on it. So why don't you tell us what you got going on? Well, yeah, <laughs> weirdly, like uh, next week's probably the biggest week for our company from as far as like the services and stuff we provide for people like um uh we have a partnership with talk too much entertainment it's a podcasting company out of here like i don't know if you've seen cena or not but yeah cena does uh, an mma show and a fantasy football show we're doing a co-venture starting next week Uh, we're doing nba talk too much hoops so it's going to be part rolling sevens part talk too much so that's going to be really cool and then at the same time we're doing that we're also going to be putting in some serious time at the g2e convention which is the, you know, like Comic-Con or CES. This is that for for gambling. Right. So um, we're going to be working with this company called Sightline, and they have this thing called Pay Plus. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I don't know if you guys are sports bettors or not. You use the station bit. app? Oh, or? yeah. I use, uh, what's it called? William Hill? William Hill. That's okay, the one so I they're the bank for station and William Hill. Gotcha. So, like, when you want to upload funds from your, like, from your debit card to your betting account without going to the casino they are like the paypal the broker for that so they're doing like we're doing like 30 interviews like the ceo of william hill we're doing ceo caesars we're doing a couple pro athletes like so we're gonna be shit we're gonna get like hundreds of hours of filming next week probably Mm. yeah hundreds probably about a hundred probably yeah i would say about that a lot of tape yeah. Five cameras rolling the whole time. Like, it's going to be really cool. Got the memories cards stocked up. <laughs> yeah, we got backup <laughs> cards. And we had to, like, we, the the lady looked at us like we're kind of crazy. Like, yeah, we need you to stanchion off this area so we can have our laptops here so we can, like, dump our data and charge our backup batteries and stuff the whole time. So, like, you really need all that? We're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had to get my, uh, my makeshift architecture electrical degree this week. I had to give him an electrical floor plan. I'm like, I, uh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we did it on the fly, but it ended up being okay. But yeah, next week's a big week for us. Yeah, I wish we, you the best yeah, with that, man. I, I know that's going to be you. cool. And we're, we're, we, as of last week, we've been open. Like, I was a freelancer for a couple of years just doing this, like, videography. But the company's six months old as of last week. So nice. in our first six months, we have a decent client list, and, you know, we got stuff to do, obviously. <laughs> you know, Which so, is a great thing. Yeah, like when the phone never rings, that's when you have a problem. So like the fact that we're too busy right now and a little bit overwhelmed is unbelievable to, is from yeah. where I'm sitting, I think. Like, yeah, that's really good. So what's with, within the six months, what's one thing that you are, you are most proud of within you know, either the journey or within Rolling Sevens itself? Well, I think I'm the most proud of. Wow, that's deep. 
um, the thing I'm the most proud of is the like we have that consistency that you really need, and it's like you got to really commit to these kind of things, and it's really easy to get sidetracked with whatever you have these plateaus or these failures. And to me, the key is like, if you can push through those, keep being consistent, keep showing up every morning, you know, do your morning run, do your morning workout, come in here, start editing, filming, plan out your week. Like those things are so crucial to putting, like putting in the real time and the effort that we talk about with sports and like being able to like have that same mindset for this. I'm so proud that we work as hard as we do. And I don't think that we're as good as a lot of people that are out there, like especially in filmmaking, obviously like Scorsese is out there, you know, so like <laughs> we're nowhere near as good as those guys. But the fact that we're working just as hard as them, if not harder, that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm proud of. We're staying the course. And I think we're really built for the long run, not to, I, I felt like as long as we could survive these first few months, I thought we were, we're built for the future, honestly. And I think so. So why don't you tell us your vision for Rolling Sevens? Like, what is it that, what is it that you guys plan to accomplish here? The thing to the, wow, that's a, you keep, you give me some loaded questions, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't want to. It's like it seems like it's like a fifteen minute response for all of them. <laughs> um, the I mean the big vision is that we want to like being able to start a company like this is like the freedom aspect was the biggest one. You know, like not having like a traditional boss or like being able to make the kind of content that we want to where it's not like people are telling us what we need to be doing, telling it like, you know, we, we do that to a certain extent with the service work, but with our own creative vision, like our own creative stuff that we make, I think that was just really the thing. It's like, I want to use the service work. I want to help people like launch the things that they care about, right? Like come to me with a podcast idea, a photo shoot idea, a, a promo for your company. And like, we want to knock that out of the park, but all that money, you know, besides our little commissions that we pay each other, um, those things directly fund the things that we want to make. Right. So like for us to like, we you know we've written screenplays and we've shot them to like film festivals and a couple of different studios and that kind of thing. Like, you know, that's like the, the big goal is to be like a legit movie studio. But like I said, like this is the practical route is that we're going to keep helping people create content along the way because there's a lot of people with a lot of great ideas, a lot of great insight, a lot of great business acumen, but they don't really know. This is the right time for, for your perfect you guys offer, though. I, I think so, too. And we, we kind of saw the writing on the walls like, God, it's like, you know, just just the fact that I, people saw me just, you know, walking around with a camera, like shooting different stuff. Like right away, like, oh yeah, I got this idea for a skit, or like, yeah, I got this idea for a you know promo for my company. I'm like, okay, well, you can pay me and I'll do it for you. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't have to struggle. You mean you, mean you don't do that for free? <laughs> yeah. Like you can struggle through this yourself, or you can just use my struggle already. Like, dude, I, you know, I didn't go to film school. It's not like YouTube and failure taught me how to do everything that I've done so far. And it's uh yeah, like I, I want to make movies someday. I want like we've I want to be able to you know, I have a project right now I'm working on. I'm trying to create 10 screenplays in one. Well, not in one, but it's a cinematic universe basically. They're intertwined a little bit, but not exactly. It's not like Marvel or anything like that. That's what the first thing I thought. Of. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like Marvel. It's more like uh like how Tarantino does it. Like everything exists within that universe, but it's like the stories aren't necessarily connected. Right. So like the goal is if I could sell one script you know, what else do you got? I'm like, well, I got nine more of these. <laughs> you know, so um, that's the the long, long term goal is to make movies. Cool. But uh, right now it's just about creating whatever little video that we want to do, any cool little project to the freedom to do it. 
that's right. the thing that's important. And that's what we talked about on our pack on our podcast is that you know we were talking about how hard it is sometimes to to create or to get time to create your own things. And that's something I really want to see more of yours. I've seen what you can do, and I know right now you you know it, it is a, a good time for your business to be you know helping other businesses or you know meeting new people, resources, and connecting while make by while getting paid for it. But I mean, ultimately, I think Rolling Sevens. I'm, I'm guessing just by knowing you, you want Rolling Sevens to be known more for you guys' creation and what you guys can, uh, that's, can bring to the table. That's definitely true. Like in these first six months, we've kind of like tried to make a name for ourselves by helping other brands and other things. But I would say that's the biggest thing I've struggled with so far. Hmm. Is um, the big the, the biggest hurdle has been you know the amount of time and effort it takes to help with you know your clients are important. You know th- yeah. that's what keep the lights on around here. It's like you got to make sure you keep them happy. So. I find myself sacrificing my own creative energy a lot of the time because when, you know, when you're working on something for so many hours, like, okay, now I'm going to try and write 20 pages. Like, you know, usually you're beat by the end of the day. So that's the thing I'm struggling with the most. But recently we've been making some strides to try and alleviate that. We want to do some more creative stuff. We can all relate to that struggle specifically. Yeah. I know Randall can relate to that. Definitely. Balancing, you're, you're you know, speaking to Randall's soul. Right yeah. Now. Balancing <laughs> like your clients uh, needs versus what you want to do creatively. I can kind of, relate to that as well with, you know, worrying so much about my clients, like workout plans and what they have going on with their goals, with balancing it with my own strength and fitness goals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been the most impressive thing watching you guys too. It's like, there's, you gotta wear two different hats, right? You gotta be, you more, gotta, more than two. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the two major ones is like, you gotta be like the creative guy that's like working every day. Like, and then there's like the business man part of it. And that's the kind of the, the juxtaposition of those two things yeah, for sure. me at no, least it's tough. we were talking about it like you know <laughs> i had to ask your um <laughs> i had to ask your buddy here to help, help me with my my uh what the that <laughs> tripod, tripod because i'm like <laughs> i just bought this thing and you know it seems like you guys got this under control you mind t- teaching me how to put this thing on here because it's it's very difficult balancing out Running a business, running a fitness brand, doing a podcast, coming out with the apparel. Well, you got a second branch open. We haven't really touched on that. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Editing videos, you know, being your brand's photographer, like, and John being our website guy, Randall being our artist. You know, I mean, obviously that helps because it's in your same niche, but... Uh, but it's it's definitely a struggle. It's a lot of things to juggle, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like in me and you specifically, are probably in like a real similar boat. Is that you know you have your hands in so many different things, and you want to, you know, give it to other people to you know put their creative spin on it. But at the same time, it's like you're responsible. Yeah. For it, you know, like you got to make sure that everyone's doing the right things, and and like another thing too is like you can't necessarily be as wild as you want to be either. You got to know that you're representing your brand. You're representing Rolling Sevens every time we leave here. Yeah. You know? So it's like can't put you know you can't lose your mind one day on social media and say things you can't take back because you know you <laughs> like it, Kevin Hart <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's four tweets away from being perfect as Dave Chappelle would say right I just saw that man that episode was so, or that uh stand-up was so I, I, I loved it I, I'm very anti-PC culture but yeah I, there's a reason why Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr and like there's a reason why they sell out everything and millions of people watch their stuff every time they put anything out <laughs> Man, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, before we get away from anything else, I want you to pitch us your best screenplay. My best screenplay, yeah. or at least one of them. <laughs> um, okay. Um, the like, I'll I'll tell you about the one that's finished. Like, it's it's kind of out in the world, 
cool. it's not like posted anywhere or anything right. like that, but it's at least been entered in film festivals and stuff like that. Um, it's called The Bay, and it's about um, these two young kids in Oakland during the uh, basically like the height of the crack epidemic and the height of the AIDS epidemic. And it's a crime drama, so it's not don't give it's not like a simp show, gotcha. <laughs> simp movie the yeah, whole yeah. way. But um, yeah, it's kind of these these two kids end up being orphaned in completely different ways. One had like a you know just a single mom who was just addicted to drugs and ended up ODing and dying. The other one was like a really like upper class white kid that kind of had like a really privileged life, and um, his parents get murdered, and they kind of found some commonalities in the sense that there's really was like one person, one like an organized crime thing that was like kind of responsible for both of their deaths, um, their parents' deaths. And they kind of like bonded over their parents' death. And, you know, some years go by and they, they kill a lot of Russian mobsters. <laughs> and, so, and it's kind of just within this really crazy time in a really weird setting. So it's like these two guys that are polar opposites um, find some commonality. It's like it's an ebony and ivory story. And it's kind of like Boondock Saints meets The Departed, cool. kind of. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. It's it's. I'm I'm very proud of it. It's hopefully it gets made someday. <laughs> Is that the one you're currently working on? Oh well, that one's done. Oh. Good, um. Good. But yeah. But see, that's one of ten. Hopefully. And I actually, this is kind of a little premature, but I'm actually working with this guy that I found in um, in New York, and we're working on getting it adapted into a novel. Nice. So hopefully, it's a book series too. Wow, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know how to write novel style. Like you know, it's 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 so weird how structured writing works. It's yeah. like I, you know, between like a first person narrative essay and like a screenplay is like completely different. So even right. in a book, it's completely different. than it is in a screenplay. So. Basically, we're trying to work together on that, and hopefully, within by the end of the, this year, beginning of 2020, hopefully, we have a, a book coming out. It seems so weird to say, right? <laughs> but yeah, so that's the uh, that's the goal right now. Um, Anything's possible, man. Yeah, and and then uh, <laughs> I got so pissed off by you guys see Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'll see yeah. a little bit. I didn't finish it. Yeah, that movie pissed me off so much. I wrote a Batman book or a Batman screenplay <laughs> about what that should have been. Basically, hey, Batman's hot right now. That yeah. Joker movie was really cool. It is, yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because weirdly enough, there's some elements that are kind of similar to you know where my head was at writing the one that I did. And uh, yeah, we wrote a college show. They were trying to pitch to like Barstool and to Netflix, and we've got a college show, and we've got like I said, there's a couple more screenplay. I got like four of them that are like between thirty and sixty percent done. So the goal is I can get four or five of them done by, you know, about midpoint of next year. And then we can kind of pitch. I want to pitch all nine. I want to pitch nine of the ten. And then I want to gouge them for the tenth one. That's the goal. So it's yeah. like I'm going to sell. I get a nine movie deal, ideally, in a perfect world. And then, like, okay. Then you're going to really pay for the tenth one. So. Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to retire. I'll never make another one. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the, you know, the outlandish, what's, what people would consider the crazy dream, you know. So that's what we're the ultimate goal that we're working towards. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to make commercials for <laughs> you know, whoever needs them. <laughs> Fantasy so, football podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so your services are, are are kind of almost like a stepping stone, you know, to help enough business owners to eventually take on your own, you know, more selfish. Exactly. Goals. That's awesome, man. I love it. Well, and and the biggest thing that I didn't really plan on this is that the more and more stuff that we're helping other people with. We're learning too. So it's like, you know, we're so doing, true. so like for the service work, you know, I, I feel weird calling it service work because it's, you know, I don't really look at it that way, but 
um, there's some wiggle room when people really don't know what they want. There's wiggle room to experiment. Yeah. And within that, and nobody knows what they want usually. I'm sure. Really, like, I like, have this idea. They have a rough. Well, tell idea. me about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> or they're way uh, too specific about their idea. Uh, that too. Yeah. That that's that's the one <laughs> thing that you kind of run into as a filmmaker is that. Well, it doesn't look exactly how it looked in my brain, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, so you know, you need to alter this so it looks like that. I'm like, well, this is you know probably better than, <laughs> you know. So I mean, that would be the the you know, the caveat to that, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, so it, I, I really have kind of fallen in love with the process, man. I think you really have to. You have to, you know, you got to be excited to go to work, man. It doesn't matter if we're doing a basketball podcast, you know that five people watch or the or we're you know or we're going to something like g2e where we're going to meet the ceo of william hill or you know it's like it doesn't really matter how when you have that kind of freedom to experiment people kind of just these other brands they're trusting us right they're saying you know we're gonna it's a responsibility they were like we're give, we're trusting you to help us expand our business and you know whether that translates directly to sales or not it's, you know it's two different things but it's like you know, we're executing their vision to the best that we can. We put our own little spin on it. And if we can learn a few things along the way, experiment, and hopefully that translates to us making awesome stuff later on. Yeah. I think we're on the right path at yeah. that point. I totally, I mean, you made, you made huge progress, you know. I mean, some people still have this vision and they still have to go work at Kmart, you know, for a few hours, you know. So it's cool that you've gotten to this level where you can yeah, fully it, execute. That was the kind of the craziest thing for me is when I was like, I'm not going to do another job. Like I, I'm a big believer in like the the idea of burning the boats. You know, it's like if this doesn't work, I'm not eating. You know, I'm not paying my bills. I'm not doing anything. I have to make this work. So it's like the mindset of like I don't have a safety net. I don't have a nine to five where it's like. But at the same time, it's also a huge positive because there's nothing taking time away from this either. Mm-hmm. So it, it it works both ways. But if you know if we have a slow month, it's a slow month for me personally. You know, it's not just. You know, I don't have like, you know, it's not like I can just rely on a thousand dollars a week from, you know, whatever job you're doing, but I prefer it this way. It's, it's like high stakes. You have to do it. You have to be successful. You believe it's pulled some things out of you that you didn't see before your leap? Definitely. I I mean, I kind of always like, I have a really strong belief in myself. I don't know if that's from like my parents or my childhood or success in sports or whatever, but it's like, I kind of always believed that I could really do it. It's just a matter of. If I put in the time and I worked hard enough, I could do it. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it was never, I don't, I never really doubted like my ability. It's like, I, I've doubted whether I was going to work hard enough. It's really easy to just sit and play 2K all day. Yeah. It's really easy to go hang out with my girlfriend. I, I'm single, but that's an example. <laughs> you know, it's really easy to just, you know, spend all your time with your girlfriend. It's really easy to go, go do these other things. Like, it takes a serious amount of discipline to really think of, like, it's all I think about. I don't think about, politics or i don't think about yeah. the raiders coming to town like none of that stuff is even on my conscious even more right. like yeah. it's i think about this all day every day it's all i really think about and that's when you know you're doing something you love you know and you're in the right you're in the right lane for you yeah but it, and then like it's kind of taxing too because it's like you know you want to just enjoy the moment sometimes and you want to just have fun with your friends yeah. but like even when we're out it's still all i'm thinking about. still thinking we might we be were talk- just talking about that we might be Man, talking I'll- about something <laughs> we were just literally just talking about really john, john we're on the way here john's like how you been bro how's everything and i'm like dude phenomenal like everything's so amazing but i'm just really struggling to be present right now you know like it's hard to just not think about what i'm doing at that particular moment 
(laughs) when you have like so many things pulling at your attention it's hard to be in the moment that you're in yeah i got a question for you guys maybe you can shed some light on what do you how do you guys balance your time like i need some advice because i like like you said i go i go through stretches where i'm just doing this like one thing and i just grind it till it's gone and and you know sometimes workouts suffer sometimes personal relationships suffer like you seem like i think you having the wife that you do helps you big time definitely like that's my big detracting in having a relationship is that I know you know I'm a good boyfriend in my mind, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, like. But as far as like actual like, time that I could like spend with another person, I'm like Jesus, man. I'm like I'm not even sleeping as it is. So well, like, something I heard that really gave me peace it, it was from uh, T D Jakes, and he had said, "There's no such thing as a true balance." He said, "When I'm spending time with my family, then I'm not I'm, I'm procrastinating on my business, I'm procrastinating on the church, and I'm procrastinating on you know." maybe my, my, my hobbies. And he's like, but then when I'm spending time with, with, uh, on the business, I'm procrastinating, uh, procrastinating time with my family, procrastinating time with my wife and my kids. So there's no real, real way to, to achieve the balance, at least what, what I got from him. And it made more sense. It's more of just prioritizing it the right way. Something's going to be suffering or being, be sacrificed regardless. Something's going to suffer no matter what. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. He said it as if like a juggling, uh, illustration as if you're only going to have your hands on two things the other three are just floating in the air but you're you're just you constantly have a cycle so now you got wife and kids in your hand you shuffle it up now i got you know business and hobbies now shuffle it up you just got to keep keep that circulation going well then like you said then the real struggle is is being present being present at that point right yeah Yeah. i think you gotta just put your like for me personally it's like i gotta just put the fucking phone down you know, and it's like when I'm at when I'm at the office, be at the office. When I'm at the gym, you look around, people are working their thumbs out, you know, including myself. You know, right. like I'm over here. <laughs> I'm at the gym yesterday. I'm seeing all these people on their phones, uh, you know, just texting. And I was like, oh, this will be a funny Snapchat. You know, look at every look. It's thumb day. I get on my <laughs> right phone. Tell me why I got distracted i got lost in my phone grabbing my phone to catch them on their phones you know what i'm saying I'm like, like what the yeah. fuck yeah that's, so. that, that's the key more than anything else for me is that when i'm at work i'm at work when i'm working out i'm not focusing on anybody else's workouts i'm focused on me when i'm at home trying to spend time with the girlfriend and the puppy i'm focused on them and i'm trying to stay off of this thing as much as possible see so you seem like you've got the being present thing figured out then yeah that's he's a lot he's a lot better than, uh, than all I, i'm still shitty at it but, <laughs> but I, I pretend a lot more is this thing not the greatest worst thing in the world in though the world. yeah because yeah. i'm sure tool. like how else would you do business without it now like if, if it just disappeared yeah. tomorrow like how the hell are you gonna get new leads how the hell are, like i'd rather not have my left arm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but i definitely think that is something that a lot of a lot of people in, in this generation are dealing with that, you know, we have to be more aware of, including me. I mean, I was just talking to my wife about it and she mentioned, you know, my phone and I'd listened to a podcast and it was basically saying your perspective through things is how when you see, you look through one lens, you'll see everything about that lens. And it's like, I know that it's, it's, it's not what's true, but it's what's translating to my wife when I'm on my phone that I'm not present, which is true. Right. When I'm on my phone, I'm not present. And so I have to be more cautious on, of when I'm on the phone. So I think that's honestly what you, what, you, what you attested to is we just have to work on being more present with all that we're involved in. Well, at the, uh, I actually came up with an idea for a skit. Um, I never ended up making it. I still, I, I might, now that we leave here today, I might 
get it started this weekend. Do it. But uh, the the idea is it's like an intro to a television show. You know, they always do like those quick, like, you know, whether it's The Office or Friends or whatever, it does like the quick intro. Cold and opens. So it's like a modern day, like, high school kid show. And it's just everyone on their phone swiping and shit. No one says anything. No one does anything. They're just. <laughs> but the <laughs> name comes but, up. Like like the, but yeah, exactly. The music, <laughs> the music and everything's cued properly and like it moves fast and it's upbeat music but like no one's paying attention and everyone's like it's a p- house party you everyone's just sitting that. on the couch like swiping and shit you have to do that you should do that that's that, so that, relevant that can go viral that's yeah. so relevant bro. i think I, yeah i might do it what do you say chris we do that this about, weekend hey, the podcast about to be released so do it you gotta do it okay Before somebody else does. all right i'm on the record now i'll, I'll make that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well, yeah, man. This is this has been a a great great interview. I think we all got a lot from this. And, uh, it felt really good being on this side of it too. It's like it was like usually not, I'm yeah. the one asking all the questions. This is cool. It's easy to talk about yourself. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but what's something I think is is cool. At least what I heard through this podcast, and I hope that one day you get to go back and, and reflect on this podcast, maybe five years down the line, and the things you said about you know your consistency, the things you're proud of, your team and your vision. You know, I know that it's all going to come to pass for you because it sounds like you just you just laid out a formula for for a lot of our listeners of what you know how to how to turn a a traumatic experience in your life into a positive how to you know stay consistent the importance of having a team uh being resourceful with what you have starting you know here in your garage and and still having the spirit of excellence so i think Honestly, this this is this I I believe this will be a very important podcast for you down the line because I think you'll be able to take a lot from it and see like dang everything I said it's like we carry that all the way to here because I see you guys working with a lot of people within the town because you know word travels you know word of mouth exactly what Nick said I came to him like a little girl like oh my god you gotta see this place like <laughs> it blew me away and then you leave and it's like it's a garage nah, I thought more of like the Sunny the Sunny D commercial where it's like all the kids walked in they're like, <gasps> <laughs> like they open the fridge <laughs> You know what I'm going with. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the fridge, like, I right, got, I got some Sunny D and some purple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate all the kind words, guys. It was so great having you guys here, and like, you know, this is that's the goal, man. It's like, hopefully, Rolling Sevens is here long after I'm gone. You know, that's that's the real goal. Like you asked me earlier, I think that's what it is to make something that it's great enough that it it can survive me, you know, and it can be passed on. That that'd be the that'd be the ultimate goal. I think, I, I think will, so. Man. I think it will. I can't wait to see Rolling Sevens as a big name, not only in Vegas, but internationally, man. Hopefully, I'm excited. Hopefully for you. so, man. So tell us tell us where to find you. On your, uh, uh, okay, on yeah. Platform. So we're on we're shit, we're on a, a lot of different things now. Rolling Sevens is on what's up? Oh, you can tell this way? Okay, yeah. Ro- follow Rolling Sevens at Rolling Sevens underscore IG on Instagram. Uh, we're launching Twitter this week too. Uh, with all the podcasting and stuff, I think it's just good for fan outreach. So we're going to start doing that on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. And then um, we're, we're kind of debating whether we're going to get on TikTok or not. We're kind of making a decision on that this week based on the basketball podcast. Right. So we may or may not be on TikTok as well. Dope. I've yeah. been hearing that TikTok is, is something it's, to get on. It's kind of, yeah. All, yeah. All, all the youngins are on there. Well, yeah, the uh, Instagram starting to do what Facebook does. They're, they're you know, they're boosting some stuff and they're burying other stuff so it's like the point where it's not going to be organic anymore and you got to pay to play the whole time the next platform's going to rise so yeah, yeah we'll see what it is might be tiktok might not be i don't know but cool man well hey bro we appreciate you uh being on our show um 
And we're just going to enter it in a whole little shameless little plug here. Our <laughs> Vegas Strong tees are going to be dropping on Monday, probably about the same time this podcast is released. So if you're listening probably. to this, uh, they will be available in a very limited uh, quantity. So jump on it and don't be upset once you know they're sold out. And, Do we pre-order and, on the website? Yeah, you get or- it at barbellsbriefcases.com. And, you know, links in our bio on our Instagram. So you want to cop these ones, man. These ones are fire, man. <laughs> Dope. Hell yeah. Just in time for That's it right season. there? Yes, sir. Yeah, I need one of those for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so JD, awesome. thank you for your time, man. We really Dude, appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much. No honestly. problem, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs>